What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bike Racing Weekly. I'm your host, Rick, and I'm joined by my co-host. Hey, guys. This is Ryan Gerard, And we're here to talk about bikes. We're bikes. actually... Box. 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 So anyone's ever seen or heard Tom Segura's podcast. It's yes. Your, your mom's house with Christina P. Uh, great podcast, but not to get too sidetracked too early on. Uh, Ryan... What's up, dude? We haven't uh, we haven't podcasted in like about two weeks. Yeah. I think you know, um, we just get busy. Honestly, yeah, yeah, it's hard that's to, kind of it actually. Yeah, it's hard to meet sometimes to to do this for sit down for yeah. you know an hour or so to do, and then there's the editing and whatnot afterwards. But I think we're still within bi-weekly range. So, At least bi-weekly. So I think we're gonna keep it site bike race weekly. Bike, bike race, race weekly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what it's still gonna be. Yeah, but. Yeah, dude. So, what have you what have you been up to, Ryan? Well, what, what um, has your bike life been like? Bike life has been really good. Nice. Uh, Wisconsin weather is getting better and better quick. It's getting pretty nice. Yeah, I rode outside today. Uh, yeah, I rode outside yesterday. I had I think I had a little worse luck. Um, I think right now the weather in Wisconsin is so all over the place. It's kind of borderline. Yeah, I left work and it said thirty percent chance of rain today. Yesterday. Oh. And there was like 100% chance of rain. Yeah, that's about how it goes in March. So it's like you, you just can't, you, you can't trust it. No, but you're still riding the trainer a lot. You're getting ready, yeah. you're getting ready for race season. Yeah. My uh, Wisconsin racing starts in like exactly one month. month. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really Practice excited. Practice crits already started in Kenosha. In Kenosha? Is that the track though? No, that's just, they always run like a series of practice crits in Kenosha. Oh. Yeah. Um... The Milwaukee Mile practice crit, they do. It's kind of cool. They do a like a um. What do you call it? Uh, like a class, I guess. Yeah. Uh, before the races, and then there's the three four races or three four or four five races. Uh huh. And then they do a one two three race, and then they do a time trial, like a one lap time trial. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't know that they did all that stuff. I thought it was just like like a straight up practice crit, but no, that sounds pretty cool. So if anybody's in the Milwaukee area, go check those out. The or I just I guess you could search it the Milwaukee practice crit. Yeah, it's on uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin cycling, cycling. I think probably their website and yeah. Facebook page. But um, I believe if you do if you're a Cat Five, if you're new into it, um, and you are trying to get to a Cat Four, you have to get those ten races. You can do that. Cl- the, that the clinic, that yeah, counts. the clinic counts as a race, I believe. Yeah, and if you're in the Madison area, they're also doing the practice crits in the Madison area. They are again. bringing back the practice. Yeah, crits. which are super fun. That's out at Madison Speedway, which Madison is International Speedway, technically in Oregon, Wisconsin. Yep, but it's in the Madison area, so it's super close for anybody around us. Those we, are. Those are great. Honestly, shout yeah. out to Brazen Dropouts for oh, doing that. Those are those are like some of my favorite races of the year. They're yeah. super fun. They're I've super had the most relaxed. fun. The, the the courses are just so like different. Yeah, it's on a race. It's race. on a banked racetrack, but they actually use the infield of the racetrack to yeah. set up actually some like technical corners and stuff. Yeah. So it's very unique, very relaxed, and very fun. I I think I've done two of them and. I don't think anybody crashed in any, you know, no, like no crashes. No, never been a crash. It's just really fun. Yeah. And they use those bank corners as, like, hills. So yeah. they're not long laps. So you do those hills just over and over again. 
and you do them once and they're steep they're really steep very steep yeah you do them once and you don't think anything of it but you know if you do it 40 times it starts to you know chip away Yeah, yeah a little bit so that's what we'll be doing this summer for sure uh Besides that, yeah, I've been training a lot. Uh, took an FTP test this week. Oh, baby. We uh, That'll be one of our topics today. Well, we can jump right into it if you want. Oh, I was going to ask you, how's your biking been or activity been? It's been really any activities? It's, it's been really good. I would say I'm out of biking shape. I'm in general shape. General shape? General shape, not biking shape. I haven't been doing a lot of biking this winter, so managed to get out you know a couple times within the last two weeks because the weather has been super nice and it's been nice to just get back out and start riding again and have been really lucky and with daylight savings now too can actually ride after work i start to really like man i, I like turn a page once i can go home at like five o'clock put on my stuff and get like a hour and a half ride in without the the lights going out it's really nice so super happy about that but yeah uh kind of sucks to like start start out of shape but my my racing goals are kind of farther into the year so mm-hmm. i got plenty of time i did a, yeah i did a little too much skiing this winter but that's okay yeah uh big news from anna uh she's not here right now but she's staying with me for the week uh she just got a new bike a disc specialized alay yep the first iteration of the alays with discs yeah through axles which is kind of a nice nice yes but we didn't realize this uh, until we got it they don't have like a like the skewer handle on them that like a lot of bikes have yeah you've got to use like an allen you have to use an allen wrench to get it off uh it looks clean it looks really clean like that yeah very cool but especially for someone like anna who doesn't use tools often yeah it's like an extra step discs you know i don't know I'm, i'm i'm mixed on discs but they look pretty clean. That's kind of what yeah. I like about discs at the moment. They mm-hmm. just look they just look really nice. And they're getting lighter and lighter too. So, True. I mean, the more you can hold off on getting a new disc bike, the better cuz they're just going to the how pretty, heavy they are is going to be comparable soon to like normal brakes. Yeah, I think that's that's probably what's going to happen. So, I really like her bike. Cool. Um everyone at the shop were telling her how cool that was oh yeah like that was because they're not biased at all yeah i mean <laughs> first off they don't get they don't get women especially buying like a race bike that's true i mean it, it's a cool looking bike it's it's all black it's super sleek the LA's kind of have like a more arrow shape to the frame yep and then the all the lettering on the specialized on the uh down tube and then in the front the like the logo mm-hmm. is actually reflective Oh, that's pretty sweet. Sweet. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, but um, besides that, she named it Barb. She which named her bike. Yeah, named it Barb. You don't name your bikes. No, never. It's not a car. You know, I don't even name my car. My uh, uh, what was my bike called? It was um, Piccolo. No, it's uh, that would all, that would be a great name for a bike. Oh, Bandit. Bandit. That's like a dog's name. No, no, no. So get this. That's so lame. If you name if you name your bike, it should be like tongue in cheek. No, no, no. So I named it Bandit because um, I had just watched Smokey and the Bandit. I okay. thought it was a really cool name. And then I kid you not, like a day after I bought it, um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. But the, the who the guy who played Bandit never seen this died. Movie. What? Wait, how? No, I've never seen Smokey and the Bandit. Are you kidding? But that's a bad omen. 
Don't name your no name your bike bandit. I feel like it's kind of like um, one was lost and one was gained. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I that works. That works. Um, I'm just not a fan of naming bikes. Oh, um, uh, oh, but uh, Barb stands Barb. for badass racing bitch. Oh, okay. Yeah. So is she gonna get a sticker that says like Barb on the probably on the bike? Yeah, yeah, that and T-shirts. Are you guys? Are you gonna get a sticker that says like Bandit and put it on your bike, like where your name's supposed to be? You know, like and the American flag little thing on your top too. <coughs> Loser. <laughs> In memory of. <laughs> yeah. That'd be really, really nice. Really nice. Sorry, I don't mean to. <laughs> I don't mean to hate on you guys for for naming your bikes. I just don't see the appeal to it. <laughs> All right, so uh, today we're going to talk about uh, two different things. Um, first one is uh, failure, and uh, I had a recent, a little bit of a recent failure of mine. Fail. So I thought, you know, it'd be a good topic to talk about. How do you deal with failure? You in... know what my motto is. What's that? If you never, you never try, you never fail. Fair enough. Right? How yeah. many FTP tests have I failed this year? Hey-oh. None. <laughs> You could you could tell people uh, whatever you want is your FTP. You you could do that even if I knew what my actual FTP is. I think that's what most people do. Lie a little bit, add an extra I five think, or ten watts. I think people lie a lot of it. But. When I played football in high school, uh, you got sheets because you had to mm-hmm. submit like your height and weight. Yeah, our coaches would add like two inches and oh. five pounds to every single person. My coaches did that as well, except that was for soccer, and they they picked the shortest kid on the team and made him six two. Nice. Yep. I was six foot, hundred sixty-five in high school. Apparently, oh, just a little taller than you are right just now. Just a little bit taller, a little bit bigger. A little bit. Yeah. Got to add that advantage. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, you failed an FTP test. I failed an FTP test. Uh, <clears throat> to be honest, I was not very confident, and I didn't feel great that mm-hmm. day. But I did it anyways. Uh, the last few weeks, with doing like VO two workouts with a bigger FTP. I had a big jump in FTP too. I went from 290 to 307. Wow. That was a big jump for me. Mm-hmm. So, and then jumping into VO2 stuff, it was it was just Hard. a little too much where I just was not completing workouts. Yeah. Um, and then, so I went into this FTP test not very confident. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I was feeling great that day. And I got to about six and a half minutes to go. And actually on track to hit my power target yeah which would have given me a new ftp of 315 uh-huh. so i was on track to hit it in about six and a half minutes to go i hit that point of like getting dizzy you know it's gets really tough to just keep the pedals moving you know yeah. have you you, you kind of know yeah, what i mean you're like pedaling squares yeah. yeah yeah it's not going well yeah and especially like once you kind of get that dizzy feeling and you like your heart rate's just maxed out, and you look at it, and you're like, "I have six and a half minutes to go." Yeah, you've got like, yeah, you probably could push for like three more minutes. Yeah, but not six more minutes. Yeah, you know, typically <laughs> I I don't hit that point during an FTP test, so I just didn't. Even during the the warm up of that FTP yeah. test, I was like, "Man, <laughs> I don't feel great. I should I should be feeling really good." Why right did now. you take it then? Um, I I knew that if I didn't finish or if I didn't really improve. I would just stick with it, oh, okay. and at the very least, I just keep that FTP. I took a week off, and I then I can go into my workouts thinking, okay, I'm going to take this next three-week block, and I'm really going to get after it and improve on you know what I was already doing. Yeah. Did you do the RAM test or the 20-minute test? 
20 minute 20 minute okay. yeah i don't I, I try not to do the eight minute test anymore or the ramp test yeah because i think it's there's just a little too much it of gives a, you like an inflated value yeah an inflated value i would say yeah after the eight minute test and the ramp test like as i go from like 20 minute to eight minute to ramp test my ftp definitely improves yeah which is like <clears throat> a cool vanity metric but <clears throat> probably not very uh helpful when you're trying to do workouts yeah and i think the worst thing is <coughs> over testing is by far the worst thing it's great oh, yeah. to like it's tell people booster it's a good ego booster yeah. but when you're training and you're not completing your workouts like that's not gonna not help fun. you yeah because the next one you know you're gonna fail yep so uh I'm in my first week, you know, I kept my same FTP. I've been hitting all my workouts. I did a two hour workout today that uh, felt good. It was a sweet spot workout actually. And then I did a VO2 workout on, uh, well, it was over under workout on Tuesday. So I I feel really good right now. Feeling solid. I'm doubling up on Saturday actually. I'm gonna start off with a one hour like VO2 workout. Yeah. It's, It's not really anything major. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, it's a good workout. Yeah, and then we're gonna do a fifty mile ride on Saturday. Wow. So get outside like intensity with fifty mile ride. Yeah, well, the fifty mile ride is more just you know easy going zone two. Yeah, that's true. You know, be just easy I, don't, ride. I don't really expect us to like really be pushing in or anything. Oh, I'm oh okay. <laughs> no, no, no. It will definitely be easy. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting outside Saturday and yeah. Just tootling around so to be honest like after failing like an ftp test it feels awful first Mm -hmm. off i am a firm believer in you should put your six especially on strava where everyone there just wants to put out like how good they are yeah i think it's so important to put out you know your good rides but also put out your bad rides yeah you know makes you seem like a human yeah it makes you seem like a human you know and Mm -hmm. it's definitely it's a social media for cycling Mm -hmm. and I'm against putting out just your the best your image. highlight reel. Yeah, for sure. You know, show yeah, your highs, gonna, show your lows. Yeah, if you're gonna share, you might as well share it all. Yeah, you know? and I, I agree with that. Yeah. That and then I I kind of get a feeling of that keeps me accountable. Yeah, it's like that's out there any, now. Like, comments on that, like oh no. dude, oh, like no. bummer or no, I, I didn't comment on it. <laughs> no, I don't get any comments or anything, but it's still like even if nobody saw it, yeah. to you you're like that's out there now. Oh yeah, like, for sure. You know, but then it feels great to then on the next one say you destroy what your goal was in this one because you've been hitting your workouts. Yeah. You can you know to you yourself you can say, "Look at that. I came back to the drawing board. I realized what I did wrong. I improved on it." And I'm I'm back where I need to be, and I actually did better. I think every, everybody has to hit a failure at some point, whether it's training or racing. I think um, most people like hit some point where like they just like something just doesn't work in training. Mostly, I think it's training um, because racing is mostly failing, if that makes sense. Yeah. But like with training, it's like everybody just kind of like plots out this perfect plan and just kind of like thinks that they're just going to magically get to where they need to go without realizing that a lot of the time it's like you just you just run into so many things that I wouldn't even say are setbacks but they just they're detours like you've got to learn how to like work around it and and figure it out you know and that was like for you like with your with your like lackluster test I don't even know I don't even know if I'd consider that necessarily a failure I would just say like it was for you probably a recognition that like you're going into a different phase of training or training is changing and it's probably not going to elevate that number 
and it's just like maybe the failure was having the mindset going in that like you were gonna get some huge FTP value. Yeah, yeah. I guess um, I guess it was it was almost more that I had the expectations that I wasn't going to do better. You know. Be- oh, so you kind of were like expecting to to get a lower score. Yeah, and that was kind of part of it where I, I like I pushed myself to get what I wanted to do. Oh yeah. But like mentally I just like wasn't there. Yeah. I think, you know, and I felt like I kind of felt my body didn't feel great, so my mental didn't feel oh, great. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think all that kind of just came together. Mm-hmm. So um, much so much of it is is mental. Like, yeah. Yeah. In terms of especially with the test too, like it's so like straight up painful and you just max. It's like you've got to be like mentally prepared to just go to the to as hard as you can, essentially, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, I mean, have you ever experienced like a failure during like training or racing before? Yeah, definitely. I I like so I've made the mistake of I you know I've like I've probably made every mistake in training, um, but I know there was at one point where I. Um, you know, I had I kind of did some some something similar to what you did, where I had one block of training where I had a huge increase in my FTP, and maybe maybe huge is relative, but I went from like, you know, in the off season like two hundred and forty watts to like two hundred and uh, like sixty seven watts, so like a huge jump, and I was like super psyched with that, and then so that was like so motivating. So I did so much training after that, and maybe I did too much training, but then the next time I tested. I only got a lift of about three watts, so I got to like 270 watts, and you know that was a little bit of an increase. But I was like, I for some reason I just had it stuck in my head. I wanted to hit like 300 watts. I was like, if I'm 300 watts, I'm so fast. Instead of recognizing that, like, you know, that's kind of unrealistic. If you have a a, a huge jump in your last test, there's probably a good chance you're gonna need to like chill out for a little bit before you can experience that again. Yeah. Yeah, um, I experienced that this time. Yeah, so like, and yeah, I think that's something that, and you now you've recognized it too, like, you go through a training cycle that just is so good, and it's not that the next one won't be good, but it's probably not going to be as good. You know, like, you've got to kind of let yourself, like, take some take some stress off, and like, maybe you need to, like, get used to this, like, this new fitness, you know, it's, it's like a non-linear progression. Yeah, a huge part of that too is because you get so used to, like the the workouts you do because a lot of them are around the same area right and then once you get a huge bump in your ftp now it's what you were struggling to really do before is now just like your your base your new normal your new normal so especially just getting your mind around that like knowing that you really struggled it with with it before and now that's like your norm yeah that's that's a really hard to, to you know acclimate to what do you think are some of the like like your your biggest like failures in training training yeah um i mean in college it was really tough um there was one semester where i was just i came off of of not a great year oh this I think, was your senior year I think, yeah right? my yeah. senior year i came off of not a great year where i wasn't very happy with like my results throughout the year mm-hmm. Um, and then it just went into really high stress. I worked a lot where I just didn't have time to bike. So it's just like in my head that I wanted to get better. I just wasn't even, I, I didn't touch the bike. Yeah. It was like, uh, 
it was like you you wanted to get better, and then you were also in a position where you couldn't even really train. So yeah, you were like trying to get back. So then I would take like FTP tests every now and then, and I mean I just saw it just go down like twenty five watts, another twenty five watts. Mm-hmm. It's just like I was just like crashing like physically. Mm-hmm. So it was going down. It was going down a lot. Really. Because I was just not, training, I wasn't training or? at all. Oh, you weren't? Okay. No. So I took off almost like three months of very minimal training. Yeah. So that was hard to come back from. Hard to like see like when you retest like that new low number. Yeah. Like, this is where I'm at, you know? Yeah. I think, yeah. And I think sometimes like, you know, you'd been training pretty consistently like the couple of years before that, right? Yeah. I like, can't. The 20s. year before that I had, that was the year I won downer. Yeah. So super in successful. The, in the cat force. In the cat force. <laughs> Just to clarify. And then I, I put in my first P123 race, I took fourth. Yeah. It wasn't a very big field, but. You raced the year before that too, right? In 2015? Uh, yes. That was my first season. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's never a bad thing to like have a period in your life where you just have to take like some time. I think you would have done more harm. If you would have tried to force the training, agreed. You yeah, probably what your grades. I, I realized been very good. that. Like you're, you probably wouldn't have been there at work at all. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So like, I, yeah, I think like I don't think that was a mistake necessarily. Yeah, I think it was just it's just tough because you know like you have like those goals, right? And it's just like I'm currently not working towards it. I think it's really hard to do less than you've done in the past. Yeah, that's a huge thing to too. be like. You know, like I, at one point in my life, I could train like up to 15 hours a week. And now, like, I, I, it's probably more so self-imposed, but, like, I can't train that much. So it's hard to know, like, oh, I used to do this much, you know, training stress, and now I only do this much. And, like, eh, I don't know if I'm ever going to be as, like, as fast as I was at yeah. one point. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then. But, but I've actually, I've, I've talked to a lot of people that, like, the, the season after, or even, like, you know, just, they, they started to do something different where they just weren't training as much but they were just maybe training really focused or, you know, they were just enjoying things more, they actually started to do better. You know, like I've talked to a lot of people actually that were like, yeah, I used to train like 15 hours a week and then I went down to six hours a week and I actually got faster. Yeah. I think once you start, I mean, especially like that mental mindset, it's so much Mm -hmm. easier to do six to nine hours a week than just, and then anything above like nine hours when you're working full time, I feel like there's a huge mental block there for sure because at that point you know that's that's you know if you get to like 10 hours a week and let's say you have one or two rest days you know that's an average of two hours a day including you know working eight to ten hours a day right so like if you're working you know let's say eight hours a day and you're riding another two hours a day that's already you know 10 hours and then two hours for just life stuff like that's crazy dude that's like 12 hours of your day that's just taken up of you know like no time for anything else yeah and definitely there are people that can do that like that's yeah you know that's a crazy thing people do do it yeah you know that's great you know that's awesome they'll probably improve a lot Mm -hmm. it's just like you know for us average joes average joes that's just you know you need time for your mind to like recover from work and from training i think the thing that i learned was there's some people that have that like uh that have hard restrictions right so like we don't have families like we have yeah we have significant others but like i a couple years back i was super committed to like just doing a huge winter of training and i was training like 12 hours a week mostly on the trainer 
and um, it's it's not that like I had any like hard restrictions to keep me from riding, but it, I had to get rid of all of, like the soft restrictions. Like I didn't see friends as often, or like I, I missed missed a lot of social stuff because you know I either like was training or I wanted to uh, you know be like super fresh to like train in the morning the next day. So I think that's like kind of what was like a big mind shift for me in like what made me want to train less is you know like it you know if I train I knew like if I went down like you know however many hours I could then like go out a couple nights a week and like see more people and see friends and stuff like that yeah so um have you ever had uh failure in racing then oh yeah for sure something that really sticks out definitely I think my biggest racing failure was uh, this was going into 2017. This was like the the year that I did like a shit ton of training, and I got so like towards the end of February, I got sick, and I was like off the bike for like two weeks, and I was I got I got like very very sick. Um, so then I missed like two weeks of training, which was you know a bummer, but I then was feeling better, so I started training again, and our racing started like the first or second weekend of April. So I had just been doing base training, like no, no top end work, sweet spot, pretty much only. I think I maybe did one like VO2 session before the first race of the year, which was a crit. And I, I wanted to win it so bad. I was just like so motivated and I went in a lot of break. I went in a ton of breakaways and I was attacking and like off the front and I I was so gassed that on the last lap everything came back together, and I just was like, I just had no I had no gears and I just fell off the back like on the last lap, Ooh. and I was like I was so bummed because I did all this work in the winter, and I was like I was like I'm gonna like crush this race I'm gonna win this race, not even close. And the problem there is I just had such unrealistic expectations. Like yeah. that is. That is as unrealistic as it gets. Like, base training is great to get you in shape, but it doesn't get you ready for like high intensity crit racing. And it was mm-hmm. a, it was a it was a pretty technical and kind of hilly course too. Yeah. So like it was acceleration after acceleration, and I hadn't been accelerating all winter. So yeah. that was I think the biggest thing that sticks out of my head in terms of like total failure in a race. Yeah, and one thing you say you've said to me pretty often is, you know you don't want to be the guy who wins the first race. You don't, no. And I thought a lot about that. And I think it's true. Uh, both anecdotally, anecdotally, is that a word? Anecdotally. Anecdotally. Yes. That's the I don't know if word. anecdotally is a word, yeah. but no. anecdote is a word. <laughs> yes. So I I think, you know, if you're, the, if you're winning the first race, like that means you're super fit generally in April. You're the fittest of everybody in April, right? Unless you just, unless you were super smart. Um, some people are really smart, and that's how they, you know, yeah, get that some first are, win. Yeah. But like the the important races for us, I would say, like we're in the the northern hemisphere, so you know we have our our big races in like in like the end of May, June, and July, as far back as September too. Like, yeah. June is definitely the biggest with Toad. Yeah, June is, like, the biggest with Toad. And, like, regionally, too, like, a lot of big races in July. Yeah, state championship is in July. Yeah. So, like, that's when you really want to be firing. And I just don't think you can hold, like, a a high level of fitness from April through the end of July. Like, that's... Unless your goals are in April, like, like, you're just not going to do... 
to do it. So like it's a good idea to, to do a lot of your base training like up until the first race and then kind of flip that switch. But I think that's like the the thing I really learned was don't don't like be bummed if you don't win the first race because there's plenty more races. Yeah. Or you know sometimes like you're so fit and so strong that you do win the first race and continue to like crush everybody going forward and in that case you're probably in the wrong category you probably shouldn't be racing that category yeah 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 but what about you with racing i know we you talked about your training yeah so i feel like yeah so what are, what are your like your big race takeaways um so your race fitness. two two really so i've had a few hiccups in mountain biking but i don't really count that because it's I think mountain biking was so new for you. Yeah, very new for me. High level mountain biking, high level mountain biking, new for you. Yeah, so I don't really count that. No, I wouldn't. Uh, For for road racing or crit racing, uh, two really stick out to me. That really still bother me. It would really bother me. Mm -hmm. Um, One was last year in Toad at uh, what was the last day? The last day was uh, Tosa. Tosa, Wauwatosa. Yeah, yeah, that was. I don't. I don't say it was out of my control, because there was definitely things I could have done, but I had an asthma attack early oh, in the race. Yeah. It was a really fast, hard race, and I, like, my lungs just closed up. Yeah. And so that really bothered me because, like, it was. I was just having a very good weekend. Yeah. And then just to end it off like that, you mm-hmm. know, early in the race, I think. I mean, it was still. It was like 15, 20 minutes into the race. I remember I saw you fall off the back, and I. I knew something like wasn't right because I was like, "That's really like, Ryan's not like falling off right now." Yeah, to be like gasping for air yeah, and there's and just the, like and those nothing. are expensive races too. Yeah, you know, like sixty dollar races. So that really, really hit me. Yeah, more like, like the morale. Like just bummed. Yeah. So and just like the rest of the day, I was just not really in a gr- good mood. Just thinking about that. Yeah. Um. So it just really bummed me out. I yeah. And then the other one is. Last year at the state championship, mm-hmm. you know, I thought I was going into it with really good fitness. Um, I thought I had my position myself really well. And then just like looking back at it, it was like it was almost all perfectly until like the last lap. I really made a big mistake by there was a guy that sent a flyer mm-hmm. and then I tried to chase him. And what I actually ended up doing you pulled was pulling you, everyone, including me. And then, in, like, I ended up taking like far, like middle of the pack. I got, I got fifth in that race. Yeah, and like, <laughs> thanks to Ryan. I just, I just think back to that race and just, what was I doing? Like, why did I do that? Yeah, you know. And it just, it's like one of those things where you're just like. You, just, you make one, you, everybody has like this like weird like lizard brain in a race where you try to like make the most logical decision and you're just constantly fighting against these like mm-hmm. or like you know you know somebody's gonna take a flyer in the last lap and everybody I like I even think like oh if I just grab onto that guy's wheel like I'm gonna he's gonna tow me like away from the peloton and then I'm gonna jump over the hit the top of him and I'm gonna win the race. And the problem is everybody's thinking that. So once they see him go, then I go, and then everybody follows me, and I just pulled back the one person that could have like caused uh, somebody else to chase. Essentially. Yeah. So that's. I mean, that's like there's so much luck. Like there really yeah. is. I mean, you have you have people that win races consistently, but you know, like there was a there was a fifty fifty chance that nobody was going to pull that guy in, and the guy that won the race too. So like there was that flyer, and then. 
So you pulled him in, and then somebody else went, and that was the winning move. It wasn't a it wasn't a bunch sprint. Somebody took like a again like a last lap flyer and just yeah, you know, like that was it. And then even too on like right before the finish, um, like it swarmed, and some dude uh-huh. just like comes up from like underneath me, yeah, and just with his shoulder just nails me underneath my arm, oh, and like yeah. my bars almost go sideways. You know, I don't I don't know what what it was this year, but I. I felt like very, uh, very like sketchy things kept happening in the races. That yeah, I was doing yeah. This year. I don't know. Maybe that's just that's just the way things go. Yeah. I guess it was my first like full season doing a lot of Cat Three races. I feel like Cat Three races are probably like the most dangerous. Two Three races. Two Three. You two, think three two Three races. Three are, you, you think Two Three are more dangerous? Yes. Yes. Because it's it's so many people that are like just so hungry oh yeah and it's like all the people that raced like three fours and were the best in three fours they're doing the two threes they're in the two threes now so it's like all people with like big egos that that are like i was the best like i was the best two three racer so i'm gonna be the best no it's like i was the best three four racer so i'm gonna be the best two three racer yeah so it's just very like aggressive like it's not like that high level like handling and stuff but it's like they have like the mental of like kind of i'm gonna be the best i'm gonna be where of, i want to be it's a lot of guys too that like upgraded super fat i've heard yes i've heard of like you know people that are just bomb sprinters and they just upgrade like wicked fast and then all of a sudden they're a two three or a three and they have no handling skills because yeah. it literally took them like five races to get that status yeah, so they have, like, the physical aspect of it down, but yeah. they don't have, like, that handling aspect down. Yeah, yeah. So it just gets super dangerous. Oof. Like, when I did the whole 2-3 series of Toad, mm-hmm. I mean, there was four crashes a day. I'm not a kidding. Day? I th- really? I think there was four crashes minimum a day. Jeez. That's, like, it was just insane. constantly crashing. Yeah, I remember a couple of years back, there was a horrendous crash. Like, yeah. There, actually, do you know where the, was the weirdest places that there was always crashes were right by the start-finish line? Of Downer? Downer was one, yeah. Yeah. And then or no, 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 at um, Grafton. Grafton, too? That's exactly the one I was thinking, where people would just, like, I don't know what it was. People were trying to I think to it's because it and, funnels in. Uh, For Grafton or Downer? All the races. Like, uh, I think that's why they crash yeah. at the, the yeah. finish line. Is cause the, but the crazy thing is it doesn't funnel that much. It probably funnels two, but two bike widths. Yeah. But that's yeah. enough, I guess, for yeah. people to, like, If it's two bike widths on every on both sides, that's four people trying to move in. And everybody's trying to move up, too. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it is kind of crazy. I guess that's my resolution this year is to just try to, like, be super safe. And honestly, if I get through the whole season uh, with minimal road rash on my body, I would be so happy. That would be a great mm-hmm. season for me. My goal this season is actually to uh, learn moving – up through the pack or moving through the pack mm-hmm. like like smartly yeah for sure yeah i think once once if you get a little bit more efficient i think you'll just rip, yes. rip through the rest of the race and i'm hoping that's what like racing p123 will do for mm-hmm. me is like you can't you can't just go to the front yeah you have to be super efficient you have to be super smart with your racing especially when you're yeah. new to it you know it's a it's definitely a learning curve i i always just like Whenever I want to move up to the front, I just sit on the outside and I just wait for somebody to come right by me and like take me take me there essentially. Yeah, that's a really good way to do it. Yeah, like I just I whenever I want to go somewhere, I just wait a little while and then somebody will pass me and I'll just get on their wheel and just follow them wherever mm-hmm. they're going. Yeah, you always get people that are impatient and they just want to go straight at the front. Like mm-hmm. They don't want to wait. They don't want to like do it by somebody else's 
uh, time or whatever. Yeah, you can also see a lot of gaps, mm-hmm. like on the inside and outside of certain corners, and yeah. you use those gaps to move up. Yep, that's you know, If you want, look at like a P1, 2, or I, I guess I should just say like a P1, 2 race at like Toad or something. Yeah. I mean, they really hug those curbs. Yeah. But like when you look at like a 3, 4 race, I mean, they'll leave six feet. Inside you know? inside line is the hot route too. You know, yeah. it's like... I'm not not dive bombing, but just not the, dive bombing. The There's most, a difference. The most inside line yeah. is you you can actually cut the apex a little harder and then take up some of like the slack that people are leaving in 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 the bunch. Yeah, if you can figure out without like cutting people off or like you know being dangerous to get that inside line to really hug that corner, you you'll make up a lot of space without using any energy. Yep, for sure. All right, so the uh, next topic we are gonna we are gonna talk about is um, our China accessory China, China uh, review. review China, China review. review All right China review time Yeah All we right, got a Ryan, new segment new called segment, China, China review. review Ryan bought a pair of shorts a jersey which is not here yet so that won't be reviewed No no and a saddle from AliExpress AliExpress China review Yeah Okay so let's start with the shorts Thoughts on the shorts Alright so First thoughts are it took The shorts took a long time To get here Yes If you buy like something You expect months For it to arrive Like two months I think Is how long it yeah. took us To get our yes. kits last year Yep um, So they are They look really good Nice The I, colors I do, on them Are I really I do agree nice. It's like a very deep navy Yeah uh, Very clean uh, it, it looks really like a good length too. Yeah, the band at the bottom of the leg is nice and like thick. Yeah. Um, nice. Overall, like it's it's comfortable. I will say it 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 sizes just a little small. So keep that in mind. Yeah. yeah. Where I will uh, actually our kits I actually think fit perfectly. Yeah, different. I different actually supplier, yeah, no it's Bexel. Oh, it is okay. Yeah. So we we if we buy things from China, you can't you, you just got to figure out like who's you got to find the right brand. Brands, Spexel. Spexel is one S- of them. S P E X C E L. Yes, S P E X C E L is what yeah. we've been going with. Spexel. It does take like 2 months to get here, but honestly, and their yeah. their kits are pretty good quality. Super nice quality. And what uh how much did those cost you? Those cost me Either twenty five or thirty five dollars. I know one cost twenty five, one cost thirty five yeah. for the the jersey and bibs. So you know, for a nice pair of bibs, you know that's thirty five like bucks, fraction of the price. Yeah, they, they were great. Like, I mean, the chamois is nice. Nice. Um, I mean, it, it's nothing to really brag about or anything, but honestly, like for thirty five bucks, for thirty five bucks, you could get four kits. You know, four brand new kits for the price of one. Yep. You could definitely go through one of those a year, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's comfortable. I mean, it's just a slight small, which honestly isn't a big deal. I mean, it, it'll stretch. It'll stretch. The the legs go up. I mean, them being just slightly small, the legs go up a little bit higher, but I actually like mm-hmm. the legs yeah, you, to go you up like higher. That. Yeah, I don't like the long ones either. Yeah, I actually, I like them shorter. Mm-hmm. So to be honest, like it, it works really well. It's nice and tight against the skin. There's no like part of it that like sags. Mm-hmm. You know that's like loose. But you would like some sagging, <laughs> right? Yeah, so that's really good for like aerodynamics. I mean, it's right up against your skin. Nice. Um, and then the saddles. So you got a saddle. The saddles—they are replicas of the 
specialized power saddle. And I'm taking a look at it right now, and this, it, it basically is the exact same saddle. It's basically. It's pretty much the same If saddle. you put a power saddle up against it, you would definitely be able to tell a difference. Um, but how much did this saddle cost you? This saddle cost me $25. Okay, so super cheap again. A power saddle is like, what? 150 for 150 the cheaper bucks. cheapest one. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, deal-wise, it's definitely it's good. It's great. Honestly, I I did my workout today. I did have to get off my bike probably 3 or 4 times to just make adjustments yeah. to find that good spot. But once I found that spot, like you're just locked in. Nice. You're just locked in with your your sit bones and it feels so good and so minimal and that's the biggest thing for me is how minimal it is mm -hmm. because I have I have really sensitive skin yeah so like when there when I'm touching you know the nose the back and stuff like I have a lot of, like when you kind of feel like there's like a larger contact mm -hmm. point yeah you you get irritation more but this like you feel like you're you're hardly even sitting on it it's like just two specific points that are touching the saddle and then it feels like there's nothing else there nice so that's it's kind of a weird way to explain it but it's yeah. like once you sit on it you're like it feels like nothing's there you know that's awesome it feels like it's just out of the way it's like it supports you where it needs to support you but besides that all right you don't you don't need any other support so the shorts would recommend uh, yes, after yeah. one, I did a two-hour ride today yep. with the saddle and the shorts, zero chamois cream. Nice. Which is kind of big. I always put bit on... Bit of a gamble. Yeah, big a yeah. bit of a gamble. Um, and Oh, go ahead. But uh, no irritation, no uncomfortable nice. feeling. And the saddle... Saddle would is recommend absolutely recommend. All right, so saddle for sure. The shorts are also a good, good yes, option. Yes, good option. Nice. China Review... Is complete. You know, I think we're gonna keep ordering products from China just so we can keep doing China review. Yeah. And keep everybody up to date. We'll also keep everybody up to date on how our current progress is going with China products. I think uh, a good next product would be like socks. Socks would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Socks would be good. Actually, socks. that's a thing to mention. My bibs came with a pair of socks. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Actually, I'm gonna be honest. I actually don't know if they came with them. Um, oh, so they get this. Might have not. No, no, no. Listen to this. This is a funny story. Okay. <laughs> so I actually get into the into the elevator, and I actually didn't know. I wasn't expecting them, but I didn't know if uh, they were my bibs or my jersey that came. Yeah. So I, I ripped them open and I took it out, and it was in a bag. And I was mm -hmm. like, "Oh, the bibs are here." And I looked down, and there's um, a pair of socks. That these are cycling socks, right? Not just a pair of like dirty socks. No, no, no. Brand okay. new socks. They still have the oh, uh, little twang thing on it. Yeah, the thing in the middle. But there's like no other like cardboard or anything that holds them. Okay. So I don't know if they fell out from underneath oh. or if they were just sitting in the elevator. <laughs> Interesting. Were they cycling socks? Um, they were. Yeah, I would call them cycling okay. socks. It's the a thing is, is like on this right now. They were like almost children socks. Like they fit Anna's feet. Well, Anna got new socks, which are half the size of mine. Like, like there was a quarter of the size. There's no way I would have fit into those socks. Yeah, no way. Nice, Ryan. But they fit Anna very well. Very nice. So Anna is either wearing brand new socks or elevator socks. <laughs> I'm glad that Anna got a pair of socks out of this at least. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I think uh, so. Is that everything we want to talk about? I think about? that's that's everything I need to talk about. Um. Oh, actually. Uh, one thing I don't think I've talked about, but uh, I got new laces for my shoes. Oh, yeah. Have we talked about that? I think we talked about it last time. 
Oh, okay. I won't. Uh, if they're, we d- they're good stuff, though. Yeah, they're elastic laces that don't tie. They have a little um, pull cord on them. They are a game changer if you have tie like la- tied laces. Any Giro tied yes. laces shoes because you can get them so like specific where where you want it how, this, tied on your foot. It's basically boa. It's boa on the cheap. Yeah, essentially. I mean, don't pay for boas. Just get some lace up shoes and put these tie strings on them. They just cost, kidding. These shoes are still expensive. But yeah, actually, no, they went down in price. How they, much are they now? Like they took, they're like 150 bucks. Oh, that's not bad. I mean, they're they're knit. They should be 150 bucks. Really not. They should yeah. be 100 bucks. But who's complaining? Sorry, didn't mean to cut you off there. No, no you're good. They're only eight dollars on Amazon. All right, I'm. I'm interested in these. I might, I might do some for myself. I they they are really nice. Um, I was starting to get to the point where I was like, I don't like these laces. You yeah. know, they're really annoying to tie. The they get like kind of twisted, mm-hmm. so they don't look good anymore. But once I got those, it was just like this is a, this is a game changer. I would get another pair of lace ups just for those, and immediately switch them out for those. Good stuff, dude. Good yeah. Stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. All right. Well, if anyone up. didn't know, Milan San Remo is this week. It's coming up this week. Yeah, who's your pick? Uh, Philippe. We have five dollars on this, by the way. Or uh, who's my other pick? Ewan. Ewan. Caleb Ewan. Yep. And then I have uh, Elia Viviani and Fernando Gaviria. One or the other. Yes. So that's our. That's how our bet's going. If you yep. get one, if one of your picks wins, whoever wins, I mean, we. It's not a very. It's a good chance that we, neither of us are going to exchange money. But I think one of our picks are going to win. I mean, I think I think we have some good picks. I think I have the better spread because I've got somebody that can win over the po- the the last climb, which I think is the see. That's the thing. Is I feel like if it's the um, if it's Poggio, the Poggio. Okay. So I think if it if because it, it's always a win on the Poggio or a sprint. And yeah. I feel like if it's a win on the Poggio, it's definitely going to be El Philippe. But if it's a sprint, I feel like it's definitely going to be Viviani. We'll see. I think I think this is the one of the, the one of the last races for a while that Ewan could and wants to contend in. Yeah, he's not a cobbled classics guy, and I think he got. I want to say he got second last year. In this yeah, race. he got second, second to Vincenzo Nibali. Correct. After Nibali attacked over the Poggio. Yeah, I think it's one on an attack on the Poggio the last two years. I, um. Yep. Because in twenty eighteen. Yes. yes. Uh, and then 2016, who? Oh, that was it was a Mar. sprint. Yeah. So I think I think it's due for um, another for, sprint. For a sprint. Yeah. yeah. I think it's time for a sprint. Yeah. We'll see though. That's why I picked both. Anyways, that's it, everybody. Go uh, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Bike Race Weekly. Um, you know, if subscribe to us on iTunes or Android, we're on both. Leave us a review. We'd love to hear what you guys think about the podcast. Any kind of rating is super nice as well. Really appreciate anybody that takes their time to do that. So go follow us on Facebook because that's where we update our when we go when we release our episodes. That's right. And subscribe too. We and already said that. But follow subscribe. us on Strava. Yeah, Ryan yeah. Gerard. <laughs> You're gonna say my name. Okay, go follow Ryan Gerard on Strava, not Rick. Well, I don't post much on Strava. No, so that's true. I would say my name. You can follow me, Rick Grunewald, but I don't post much. So. Yeah, enjoy it, everybody. Uh, Till next time.